It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. First of all, the student loan bailout. There's something inherently immoral about it. The latest in politics and world affairs. I think education has been hijacked. A number of years has kind of dissed people that work with their hands. Today's current opinions and ideas. Gosh, we should have been teaching kids kindergarten through high school about return on investment. If you're going to take on this debt, what is your ROI? Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, producer Steve. Yeah, and a partridge and a pear tree. Wonderful Wednesday. Yes. (laughs) And uh, I have a little something I'm going to share with you. Uh, I learned early on not to be a busybody. So I try not to be a busybody. But when we were listening to the uh, national anthem there, yeah. I was probably like in second grade. And, uh, I, oh, uh, that long ago. Okay, uh-huh. go ahead. Go ahead. And uh, I remember I tattled on somebody. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, uh, his name was Butch. I said, Butch isn't looking at the flag during the national anthem. And the teacher said, well, how would you know unless you didn't have your eyes on the flag? Ooh, busted. I was busted. <laughs> so uh, th- check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You will get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays, our most recent. Uh, well, actually, we are not doing podcasts much anymore. We just haven't had the bandwidth to do that. And you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. Do you see a return to podcasts should you ever get <clears throat> unbusy? You know, what I think is going to happen is we are going to be rolling out a subscription service. Uh And that's going to be a a great segue into something I'm going to mention here. Okay. uh, Here in just a moment. And so that'll be something that uh, we'll add on, maybe a little more in-depth things. In fact, Zach and I are going to be meeting this Saturday to really hammer out all the details on that. Uh, so you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are truly an independent voice on an independent station. And uh, we greatly appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Let's get over here to our quote for the day. Where do I have that, Steve? It is. Ha-ha. I went to, um, I went to Will Rogers. We're going to have Trent Luce on in the second hour as our featured guest. And I was trying to think of people from the... Midwest, And so I found Will Rogers, and he was an American vaudeville performer, actor, and humorous social commentator. He was born as a citizen of the Cherokee Nation in the Indian Territory and is known as Oklahoma's favorite son. Born in 1879, died in 1935 in a plane crash in Alaska. He said this. This is classic, by the way. This is classic Will Rogers. This made me laugh out loud, and I'm sitting here at 445 in the morning laughing. It's like... Gee, if anybody hears me. Okay. And I'll ask, uh, uh, actually, I've not introduced our guest. No. I need to do that. So in studio with me is Ted Misha, and uh, you are just active. You care deeply about this American idea, and, and you wanted to talk about 
the caucus system and these bonus members, you know, what is going to be happening, uh, and, and explain that to people. And I really appreciate you being here, Ted. Thanks. Yes, ma'am. Pleasure to be here. And then also in studio with me is Andy Jones, and uh, he is running for a Douglas County GOP chair. And so it's great to have you here as well, Andy. Kim, I am so happy to be back. It's uh, it's such a pleasure. You have such a great show. I love listening to you. And thank you for your mission of telling stories about our veterans. As a veteran, I love what you do with that. Oh, I tell you, Andy, that is my great honor to mm-hmm. get to do that. And it's truly changed my life. I've probably interviewed uh, over 200 World War II veterans as well as uh, I found that it, it's more difficult to get the Korean War veterans to, mm-hmm. to talk. And so if anybody has somebody that uh, you know would, would tell their story, it's really important. And then, of course, we do Vietnam and the other conflicts. And um, this week, I um, interviewed Andy Biggio. Mm-hmm. He is a veteran, young guy, who um, decided to take a... Um, M1 Grand, I think that is the 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 rifle that um, most ever, uh, all the World War II veterans had, and so he bought one, and then he had taken it and he had interviewed a whole bunch of different World War II veterans, mm. and so I uh, I interviewed him about his book, and so that'll be on three to four this Sunday afternoon. So super interesting. Sure. Well, sadly, my World War II veteran passed away a few years ago at ninety four, but he was. He would love to tell his stories to you as well. Oh, I wish I, yeah. I wish as I know we can't have I wishes, but I wish I would have started this a number of years earlier. Yeah. So, but thank you, and you thank bet. you for, thank you for my freedom. I, I greatly, greatly appreciate that. I tell you, we're we're uh, <laughs> we're in a time. So anyway, okay, gentlemen, listen. This is our quote for the day. Will Rogers, he said, the taxpayers are sending congressmen on expensive trips abroad. It might be worth it, except they keep coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, anything, any comments or just let it hang out there? Well, let it hang out there, but also you segue into that little ditty I dropped on your on your desk before we we started. Oh, yes, uh, that one. And that is uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley is introducing legislation that would curb members of Congress from cashing in on the stock market via their inside information. Name of the proposed legislation is Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments, also known as the Pelosi Act. Oh, nice. <laughs> now, think about that for a second, though. If this gets legs, if it, I don't know, in the Senate, does it go through a committee? If it gets out there, what an incredible... I don't know what you want to call it, a kick in the face to, to the Pelosi's. Well, I, it would probably be a surprise if it actually passed, but sometimes in just getting it out there is, is what's important. I love it. So, Ted M- Misha, what is your... Uh, M- I always struggle. Is that the correct way to say your last name? Misha. Misha. Yep. Ted Misha. Um, the taxpayers are sending congressmen on expensive trips abroad. It might be worth it, except they keep coming back. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, what, what can you say about that? I mean, obviously, they're just creating more and more laws, which are designed to control us, and I would prefer it to be less and less laws. So, yeah, let's leave them over there. And speaking of less and less laws, and we're going to talk with Trent Luce in a little while, but uh, I would love to see if we could um, get rid of that uh, cage-free chicken act, which is causing the price of our eggs to go up significantly. I'd also like to sack the the bag tax as well, Andy Jones. You know what? I was asked the other day if I wanted a bag, and I didn't even think about <clears throat> the fact that it was going to cost me 20 cents because she double-bagged me. And I thought, <laughs> okay, well, now they're making extra money on me, just the fact that I needed to put that in my, you know, my 
six pack of beer or whatever it was I was buying and like okay I I, I get this I'm angry about this uh, yeah let's I think, repeal that stuff I think we need to repeal that so. there's a great meme today on social media it just shows a picture of a plastic bag with one of our major chains named on the side of it but the caption reads the meaning of a dime bag has changed significantly Ooh. in Colorado <laughs> <laughs> And well, I'm such a rebel, I forgot about it as well. And I, I don't really like the reusable bags because think of all the germs you're bringing into your That's food right. source. Mm-hmm. Because most people don't wash those every time they throw them on. anyway. And remember COVID, where people were, you know, afraid to bring in their their UPS, you know, box into their house. And here now we're taking dirty bags into our food source. It the is COVID bags, crazy COVID bags. They'd almost call the SWAT team at my King Supers. Get those out of here. If you did that. And, you know, I use those plastic bags. I reuse those plastic bags every take. I, I, know. I, I take my dog for a walk. I and know. Thank you to King Supers for making me pay 10 cents to pick up additional stuff. So, Andy, being the rebel that I am, yeah. I uh, just took all my stuff and I put it back in, in the um, – the, after I you know, paid for it, I put it all back in the cart. I actually had gotten, I think, a cucumber and had put that in a plastic bag from the produce department that I didn't have to pay for. So then I put my tomatoes and everything in there, but I refused to pay that, and I put everything in the back of my car. You know, car. if those grocery stores were smart and they were opposed to the bag tax, they would simply create different bags to put up in different parts of the store that people could use in that way. Hmm. I like your thinking. Creative. Okay. So let's see here. How are we doing on time? Oh, I need to mention this. And Patty had this from Joe Rogan. They were talking about media. But one of our other producers sent this over to me. And my friends, when I say that we are an independent voice, we are. And uh, the support that you give us is important. The advertisers that I work with, I know each of them personally. I highly recommend them. If you're going to do business, do business with them. But this was, uh, again, forwarded to one of our producers who then forwarded it to me. And this is from, uh, the name was Melissa Davis with the Colorado Media Project, announcing more than 350,000 in grants to 27 newsrooms, journalists, and entrepreneurs, creating a more just and inclusive local news ecosystem. And this was uh, yesterday. It says, Today, Colorado Media is announcing these 27 new grants totaling 352000 and it supports Colorado newsrooms, journalists, and media entrepreneurs in launching new projects and strengthening existing efforts to build a more inclusive local news ecosystem that reflects and serves Colorado's diverse communities. It says recipients of the uh, 2023 Advancing Equity in Local News grantees will address three overreaching priorities identified by community members and journalists of color through the Voices Initiative led by the Colorado News Collaborative with support from the Colorado Media Project since 2020. Then going on down here, um, I wanted to just mention the money on this. And uh, it says that uh, Colorado Media Project is a community-informed, multi-funder coalition dedicated to supporting innovations that make the state's local media ecosystem more sustainable, collaborative, inclusive, and accountable to the public it serves. CMP funding decisions are made by representatives from foundations that have significant multi-year commitments to the Colorado media, media ecosystem through CMP, the Colorado Health Foundation, the Colorado Trust, Bohemian Foundation, Democracy Fund, Gates Family Foundation, and Rose Community Foundation. 
Collectively, CMP funders have contributed or pledged at least $3.85 million over the next four years to support local communities' civic news and information needs. And uh, Colorado funders interested in joining the CMP funder table, which will include a series of learning opportunities throughout 2023, should email Melissa Davis at mdavis at gatesfamilyfoundation.org. Kim, I'm sure you'll be right at the top of their list of people they will <laughs> oh, grant I'm at the money top, to. I'm at the top of a list, but it's not it's this not one. <clears throat> you know, and if you don't mind, it, the definition of equity as it relates to current day politics is, is really interesting. Uh, force versus freedom, you talk about all the time. Equity is when the government forces pe- people to be equal in the way that the government wants them to be equal, as opposed to equality, where we all get to choose. So it's choice versus force. It is. And in equity, ultimately, everybody will be equal except the elites in misery That's right. is what ultimately happens. Uh, my gosh, you guys, it is so important that we talk about these important ideas. And again, I mentioned I have these uh, fantastic sponsors, and I know each and every one of them personally, and I highly recommend them. And the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team will create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. This is called service. You hooked me up with auto and renters. Props to my insurance mentor. You made it easy to cover my bed in a box and my extensive collection of clocks. You know, I find it kind of funny that you also save me money. You've got that good neighbor charm. Give it up. For State Farm. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive, fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact ThreePointsFinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. 
Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. It comes out on Sundays. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are truly an independent voice on an independent station searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And in studio with me is Ted Misha. And we'll be focusing on some of your questions uh, regarding uh, our caucus system, bonus members, right. uh, things like that. So it's great to have you here. Thank you. And in studio also is Andy Jones, and he is running for Douglas County GOP chair. And it's great to have you here, Andy. Kim, once again, thank you for having me, giving me this opportunity. And now I think about your, your drive time listeners right now going, okay, why is this important to me? I live in Douglas County. I'm running for the Douglas County party chair position. Douglas County is the last of the conservative counties in our front range. We fight the fight at the county line wall every two years. And it is so important that Douglas County produces Republican and conservative-leaning unaffiliated voters at such a great number, such a high number, that we can counter the numbers that are being produced in Jeffco or Arapahoe County. So we have to we have to be a big party that does big things, that delivers that counterblow that some of the more left-leaning counties in the Denver area do. So it's super important for our people, the people driving around listening right now, to understand, why do I care about Douglas County politics? Well... You know, we do a lot of big things down in Douglas County. And my purpose this morning, Kim, thank you again for having me, is fourfold. It's who am I? I'm just going to keep that very, very quick. Why am I running? Why is this important? What do I and the team that I have with me want to accomplish? And then finally, I'd love to introduce just for a second my partners, and one of them is actually on the phone. And I, I just want to save her for last because she's awesome. And Okay. And so I want to. We'll keep that as a cliffhanger then. Yeah. <clears throat> So, first of all, I'm Andy Jones. I have lived here for over 22 years. I am uh, a Navy veteran. I served in the, in the Navy as uh, an aviator. I flew off of aircraft carriers for 12 years. I served for another 18 years in the reserves. Uh, so, a full 30 years and retired as a Navy captain uh, back in 2014. Uh, I am a pilot for a major airline here in uh, Colorado in the United States. I'm a captain for uh, for that airline as well, um, and enjoy that. Um, I have served in Douglas County politics really ever since I was retired from the military. I couldn't serve in the political political world while I was doing that, but in 2016, I was blessed to be able to go to our national convention as an alternate delegate from Colorado. And in that, I met so many people, so many great people, and that my eyes were open. I became active in local county party politics. I, I really spent a lot of time getting to know the issues and all of my years of being a born and raised conservative from my wonderful parents who were very conservative in their life as well. And my service in the military prepared me for such a time as this. I ran for the Douglas County School Board back in 2019. It was very close, and I thank you for Mm -hmm. giving me a platform back then. I take what I learned from being a candidate, from running campaigns, and have turned that into success. 2020, 
I was a part of the leadership. I was the first vice chair for the Douglas County Republican Party, and we had a fantastic year. We raised more money than we had ever done, nearly $45,000. We were cohesive in our messaging, and we won the battle at the county line. The Democrats outspent us 8 to 1, and we won every one of our races. I then stepped away from that to help run the campaign for our school board in 2021. And in that year, we flipped a liberal school board, and now we have a conservative school board. And I was at one of those school board meetings last night listening to my friends and being proud of them. So that's kind of who I am. Why am I running fourfold? Um, We need to be an inclusive, a bigger party. We need to grow our party. And when I say that, I don't mean that we change any of our values to do that. But right now, especially in Douglas County, the unaffiliated voters outnumber us. There are about 138,000 of them, about 100,000 of us, and about 54,000 Democrats. And yet, why do we struggle to lose or to, to we lose or we lost a, a race in this last election? And it's because right now, we are, I think, struggling to get our message out to those unaffiliated voters that would vote our way, but were not given a reason. They sat this one out, and it was very troubling. I know many of us scratched our head after that election and just were wondering, what did we do or not do that spoke to them? And that's where I'm excited about having Keelan as part of our team, because I think she is one of those young Adults, those mm-hmm. young moms that that really can reach out to that uh, that audience, and and we've got to have a perpetual messaging program. It's got to be communications and proper messaging that it doesn't just happen in the last six months of an election. It has to be year round. Mm-hmm. We have to sell why we as conservatives are the ones that should be supported and voted for and elected, and in Douglas County. We have, I think, a compelling story. If you like living in Douglas County, and I know Mm -hmm. the three of us do, why do you like living there? Mm -hmm. Well, we have small taxes. We have some of the lowest taxation in in the front range. We have great parks and trails, and we have streets that have no potholes, and we have our sheriff's department and our police departments are, are keeping our streets safe. And why is that? Why do people want to live in Douglas County? It's because it's community-driven, and more importantly, it's Republican-led. Almost every single elected official in Douglas County is a Republican, and they believe in Republican smaller principal values of, of smaller government, and that's who I want to work to get elected. And, and I do agree, I, I agree with those values, although serving in, in Lone Tree City Council. Oh, you have, yeah. uh, actually, um, we have seen that there are Republicans that don't always adhere to these conservative values. And that's one of the things that I've been a, a bit concerned about, Andy. And you know what? It's um, If a party, and, and this is a, Douglas County is a principled, innovative party that has a function. We live by a bylaw. We fall under state statute. We are a franchise, if you will, of the state Republican Party, and we are responsible for county elected officials. Mm-hmm. So when you start talking about town councils and, and you know, I serve as an elected official on the Highland Ranch Metro District Board, all seven of us are Republican, 
Highlands Ranch is a great place to live. It's we as a party, as a party, um, as a central committee, don't control those smaller uh, elections. Got it. Got and it. So when I, yes, you're exactly right. Yeah. Parker Town Council, Castle Rock Town Council, Ca- mm-hmm. uh, Castle Pines and Lone Tree, and 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 those should be our breeding grounds for our future leaders. And so would I love for us to reach down and help build up some of those candidates and ensure that they have the right principles and things like that? Absolutely. Okay. That's not the position of the county party. Okay, got it, got chair. it. Just wanted to clarify. Thank yes. you for clarifying yeah, that. Okay, but, good. But we, that's our bench. We mm-hmm. have to have strong principled leaders at every level. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking going all the way down to the, the appointed boards, councils, and commissions. Ab- absolutely. That we need to seek good, strong conservatives to serve at every single level. I say it often. Mm-hmm. If we keep the Democrats off the bench, they don't make it on the playing field. Mm-hmm. That means we fight for every single one of those positions. Okay. To do these things, though, we have to raise money. A party survives on money. Our messaging requires money. I raised over $45,000 in, in 2020 for our party. I'm very proud of the fact that last year when we flipped our school board, I helped raise over a half a million dollars for that race. It is and still remains the most expensive school board race in the history of the United States. And most of that was the money that we raised to get our people out, and it was a resounding success. Okay. So I have a lot of experience, okay. know a lot of the, fun, the donors and people like that. I've become friends with them. I serve on the Douglas County Community Foundation, and so I know a lot of people. Okay. And so I think that's going to be one of my big things as a party chair is to raise the funds that we need to be a perpetual messaging machine and convincing those people why they need to vote for us. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a we have to give them reasons to vote for us. So who is your slate? I Andy? love talking about my slate. You'll love this, too, because as of yesterday, my first vice chair partner is a West Point graduate. He served for over 28 and a half years, retired as an Army colonel, flew in the air cab in helicopters. His name is Mike Dixon. He was a warrior for us down in Castle Rock in Get Out the Vote and walking. Mike was, uh, he actually ran the DMV here in Colorado for, for many, many years. Okay. Uh, Mike has done huge things, and I love his spirit, heart, and his service uh, mentality. And, and Mike has been in the trenches. He knows what that's all about. But he's also, I think, just done big, big things. So okay. the maturity of this leadership team is fantastic. Um, treasurer, very excited about Leo Stegman. Leo Stegman is a retired corporate accountant, um, worked for some major cable companies. So he's been, you know, a, a fairly close to a C-suite guy, you know, very uh, influential Leo has also been the treasurer for Step 13 or, or Denver Step, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I'm excited to have him as our treasurer okay. candidate. Monica Wasden has served our county and our party for more than 20 years. She has been a precinct committee person, a district captain. She has served as the secretary before, and she's coming back to serve. The secretary, you know, I, I could be a milkman serving as the, the party chair. The most important person on that five-person committee is our secretary. Having Monica come back is an amazing thing. And then I'm so excited to, to have Keelan Thomas, who is running as our second vice chair, who is on the line. And Keelan is that young mom, that young individual with her husband, Alan, 
both as a package deal. Love both of those guys, and I know you have a great relationship with them too as well. And and they are going to be, she is going to be responsible for a lot of our communications okay. and our messaging okay. and raising uh, and having big events. So okay. I'd love to turn it over to okay. Keelan for a minute. Keelan Thomas, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on this side of things. I'm normally tuning in and especially tuning in on Alan Thomas Friday. So I thank know. Thank you so much. <laughs> Alan Thomas Friday. Yeah, it's, a, it's text messages between the three of us getting all that lined around, but he does a great job, Keelan. Yes, he does. Absolutely. Um, yes. So thank you so much for having me and Andy. And I'm really honored to even be a part of this slate. And um, I know we have just a little bit of time, but I just wanted to tack on that. You know, we are the grand old party and I would love to get back to being seen as such. And I want my neighbors to know that. I want my um, fellow mom friends to know that. I want I want everybody in the county to be aware of that. And so I think that we need to increase our communication in ways that reach more than just the inside of, you know, email inboxes. I really want to bring our party directly to the people because the people are the best stewards of our liberty and that's where we can capitalize on why liberty is so important. And so I would love to do um, local events, small business openings, neighborhood barbecues. Um, I started a monthly happy hour about a year ago and I've met so many young families, so many different people that I don't think we would have ever met. And it's not necessarily to talk about um, a certain candidate or something like that, but it's to talk about why we love freedom or where we're seeing freedom slipping away and how we can, what we can do as a community to get that back. Um, so I'm just really honored to be um, running for this position. Okay. Well, and have you uh, honed the, the message, would you say, yet, Keelan? I know uh, we had done a show on messaging with uh, producer Luke, who's 24, and Yvonne Paez, who is the founder, co-founder of Perspectives 101 up in northern Colorado. And Luke said that, uh, again, from a 24-year-old perspective, that Republicans messaging, I think he said this, he said it stinks. Mm-hmm. And Democrats messaging yeah. is, hey, you've got a problem, we'll solve it. Of course, their, their, their answer is government. Mm-hmm. But have you honed your message yet on that, Keelan? Um, so I think that, yes, messaging is so important. And right now, you know, the Democrats sort of are like, we'll give you free stuff. And Republicans sort of talk about freedom. But I don't know that we necessarily bring it home to them and how freedom really affects their daily lives or how they even see freedom, especially young people, how they even see it, you know, on their TV when they go to open, you know, Netflix, Hulu, they have all of this choice and choice is really powerful. And what is the party that provides that choice? That's Republicans, that's not Democrats. You know, they use force, they don't use freedom. And so I think, you know, our team is gonna have to really like hone down as you said, but I think that's one of the important factors is to really focus on the fact that like, there's choice in our everyday lives, and you you should be able to choose what your kids do, what you, how you bag your groceries, um, you know, something as small as that. You should be able to choose, and the power to do that, and the Republicans are going to give you that power. Okay. Keelan Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. And again, uh, uh, I know you always listen on Alan Thomas Friday. <laughs> yes. I do. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. You bet. And Andy Jones, uh, how would you like to wrap this up? Principled, innovative party leadership. I, I think that the five of us and the vision that we have of growing our party is so important. Um, we have an understanding of Douglas County. Keeland is, I want to call it the Grand Young Party when I think of Keelan and Allen. That's our future. And, and reaching out to those young moms and dads and those early voters, 
to why is it important? Because they're kids, and and because of the, it's a great Douglas County is a great place for people to live, to work, to retire, and we have so much to offer. But we, as a leadership team, are we want to be together. We want to grow our party. We want to unify our party. Our party has been fracturing mm-hmm. over the last years, but we've seen fractures a little bit more uh, prevalent here in, in recent time. And Keelan and Mike and, and Leo, and we just really want to bring our party together. We are stronger together, and I am excited. I'm okay. excited for our future in Douglas County, and I am our focus and our mission statement is to win elections. Okay. That's what we're going to do. Okay. Andy Jones, thank you so much. And uh, we clearly are an independent voice, and we are bringing information to you uh, so that you can be informed, you can engage with your, your neighbors and your colleagues and your family about these important issues. And we do this because uh, we are an independent voice, and, and we have great sponsors that help us do that. And one of those great sponsors is Karen Levine. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the Metro real estate market is no exception. That's why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Monson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields, with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org, ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And as I mentioned, we are an independent voice. And a sponsor that has been with me for many years is Hooters Restaurants. And they have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. I'm going to be uh, meeting one of my buddies over there on Friday for lunch. We're going to partake in one of their great lunch specials. And they have uh, lunch specials and happy hour specials Monday through Friday. And in how they became 
business partners of mine. It's a really interesting story about freedom and free markets and capitalism, and you can find that at my website. Uh, Very pleased to have in studio with me Andy Jones, who is running for Douglas County GOP chair. Great to have you. Thank you. You Introduced your team. And Ted Misha, uh, last week or the week before... Uh, I had someone on, we were talking about El Paso County. Sure. And I, I typically haven't done a lot in local politics, but there's what's, there's apparently a uh, meeting that's being called by uh, Christy Burton-Brown, the state GOP chair, on the 31st regarding bone, uh, PCPs, I think, uh, precinct committee people. And you said, Kim, how about if I come on and, and try to explain this a little bit more, this whole system? So thank you for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, and so unfortunately in our society today, we don't really get taught what our civic duties are or what even civics really are, whether it's the schools or the universities. We're just not taught. And just let me mention that I forgot to mention the bill of the day. And this is, uh, that's a great segue, bill of the day, Senate Bill 23061. So that's the 61st bill that was introduced. And it is sponsored by Janice Marchman, Democrat. Uh, Senator Janice Marchman, Democrat, and Representatives Kathy Kipp, Democrat, and Megan Lukens, Democrat. And it is a bill uh, that uh, eliminates the requirement that the Department of Education administer a state assessment in social studies to elementary and secondary students. Can you believe that, Ted? Amazing. Every day, it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) In a bad way. In a bad way, yes. It is. So... Uh, so no civic, we, we haven't learned our civics. and uh, Right. There's things that we're supposed to do that our founding fathers wanted us to do, to do in this country, and it's no, no longer taught. Uh, but it's really relatively easy to get involved in the political world and, and be that person who's making the choices as to who our leaders are going to be with regards to the Republican Party, uh, inside the party, and uh, with regards to candidates for primaries and so forth. Everybody always says, well, I hate all the candidates. I don't want to vote for any of them. And I say, well, which one did you choose to be on that primary list? And they're like, what do you mean? And people just don't understand that they can be a part of that process, and it's not hard to do it. So last year, about this time, we had the caucus process and the primary process. Really, really easy to get involved with that. All you have to do is call your party and say, when is the caucus, and show up. And they'll teach you everything you need to know when you get there. Explain caucus, because it used to be a word that I didn't understand, but basically it's just kind of another word for meeting. Yes? It is. It's just a community meeting to decide who the leaders are going to be within your precinct. And a precinct is roughly 1,500 to 3,000 people. Uh, in a designated area within any county. Okay. Yep. So you can you can go to your caucus. Anybody can go. You don't even have to be registered with the party. You can go and show up, and, and you can't necessarily vote there unless you're with the party, but you can see what it's all about. Bring a friend. Bring your kids so they can all learn, and when they turn 18, they won't be uncomfortable. And that's the biggest problem. Most people feel uncomfortable in going to these meetings because they have no idea what it's about. My very first time, I had no idea what I was getting into. I just went thinking, I need to become involved. I don't know how, but I'm going to go, and I'm going to learn as much as I can. So I went to my first caucus, and I learned there that they have um, elections for precinct leaders and elections for delegates, two very, very important positions. So the precinct leader does a number of different things. They, they run the caucus meeting one time every two years, not a big deal. It takes one or two hours, depending on the, the, the meeting. Uh, they, they're asked to get out the vote, meaning they go and knock on doors and ask people to make sure that they're registered and that they're going to vote. Most of the precinct leaders don't do that, unfortunately. We need them to do it, but they don't. Um, also, they're, they're considered part of the central committee of the county party. 
and uh, they vote to change the bylaws if, if bylaws are needed to be changed or added to. That's not too difficult either. And I, in my experience, it's maybe four times a year that it's a significant meeting. Some counties have them monthly. I think Douglas County has monthly meetings. Other counties don't. And Ted is describing the organization that I would be running as a chair. Okay. That's right, and a lot more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then they vote for the party officers in the county, uh, the, the, the precinct leaders do. And there's there's not that many precinct leaders, so I think in Douglas County it's a little over 200, isn't it, Dandy? I think we're pushing. We have 43 districts. We have about 320. Okay. Then it's a bigger county in Colorado mm-hmm. and has more, more, more uh, precinct leaders, more precincts than, than most of the counties out there. But again, as a precinct leader, you're representing 1,500 to 3,000 people, and you're voting for them for the party officers, and also for the bonus members. We'll talk about that in a minute as well. So really, really important. It doesn't typically cost you a whole lot of time or or money. Some counties actually charge uh, for you to become uh, some of these different positions, and others don't. But I don't think it's a requirement by law that you pay, so it's kind of a voluntary thing. Then uh, you're also considered to be kind of a political, a local political expert. So oftentimes you're going to have neighbors and people from your church calling you and asking you who to vote for and who's, who's, who, who, which candidates have which experience and so forth. And, uh, and so there's two precinct leaders in every precinct uh, in, in the county. So that's kind of in a nutshell what the precinct leader does. Extremely easy to become a precinct leader because very few people want to do that job. Even though it's so easy and you have a tremendous influence, most people have no interest in being that. And so uh, r- very, very rare that there's actually an election where people within that um, caucus meeting vote. In most caucus meetings, there's anywhere from three to... 20 people showing up from the community, mm-hmm. depending on how interested they are. So it's not like this huge room with hundreds of people in it. It's just a few people uh, working together within that precinct to make and that And Ted, election. if I can just touch on what you just said, the number one qualification of a precinct committee person is you have to be a neighbor. It is neighbors talking to neighbors and getting to know your neighbors and sharing with them some of the principles and the values and why why they should be. Do, do you know I've been in Douglas County for a many, 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 many years I've not had one call from my PCP. Yeah, mm-hmm. me either. Not one. Well, we're working on that. Yeah. Me either. And in fact, I've never had anybody come knocking at my door at all for any elections ever. And there might be some reasons for that. But anyway. anyway. <laughs> we'll save that for another day, huh? <laughs> okay. That's right. Um, and Andy just brought up a good point. Um, PCP, or precinct committee person, is the term they use in Douglas County and a lot of counties. Uh, in El Paso County, where I started, they call them a precinct leaders. So there's different terminology from for the county same to thing. county. Yeah. Okay. So you have to be careful of that depending on where you live out there. So that's the precinct leader in a nutshell. And then there, uh, and then there is the delegate position. So the delegates, uh, and there's a lot of these positions. And again, it's really easy. Well, it, again, it actually it differs from, from county to county. In, in El Paso County, every precinct has way more delegates than they do in Douglas County. Uh, and at least at the lower levels, at the local levels. And there's delegates at three different, actually four different levels. Um, one is kind of the very local elections, and then there's kind of the judicial, and then there's the higher level state. And then on a presidential election, you can actually become a delegate at the presidential level too, which is not an easy thing. But all the other levels are pretty easy. Uh, for the most part, if you want to be a delegate, especially at the lower levels, you're going to be one. And you get to decide who is going to be on that ballot, that primary ballot, not the general election, the primary ballot, which is really, really important. Your vote is worth thousands of, or at least hundreds of votes anyway, if not thousands. So on that, um, 
Ted, there are those that, and I think it's even been, um, it's been reported and in print, that there are those within the Republican Party that uh, are not going to protect this caucus system. Are you, have you heard anything about that? Yeah, and it's been around for years. People have said, well, it's a waste of time. I don't want to go to the meetings. And these are people who generally don't want to be involved. If we don't have a caucus, then it comes down to who has the most money Mm because there's also the petition process, which means you pay money in order to be on the ballot, which means only rich people are going to be on the ballot which is not a good thing. Well, and the other the other risk on that is that if if we get rid of the caucus system, as you say, neighbors to neighbors, uh, so there's two ways for a candidate to get onto a ballot. They could petition on, which means they have to get signatures, and that's typically very expensive. Paid for. Paid for to do that. And then the other way is through this caucus system. And there are those that are in the Republican Party that are advocating getting rid of that. Uh, and just think about this. That would then mean that the Republican candidates that would get onto the ballot going through the petition process, the Secretary of State is the one that verifies if the signatures are valid. So this Secretary of State would actually have all kinds of power about which Republican candidates get on the ballot. I, I find that very disturbing. Absolutely. And so in being part of the petition process for Proposition 115 to end late-term abortion, I was very involved in that. And close to half of the signatures were nullified by the Secretary of State's office. And I guarantee you that, that half of them were not bad signatures. They were all good signatures out there. So there's always that issue as well. In addition to that, the caucus process, which is seldom used as a grassroots effort, So whatever your issue is, whether it's the life issue or education issue or Second Amendment issue, any issue at all, you as a a person uh, who's involved in the political world can, can talk to all of these precinct leaders and so forth. You can go to your church and you can ask people to become precinct leaders and delegates and bonus members and so forth and bring those issues with you and elect officers and elect people to the primary ballot who believe in those issues, you have the opportunity to talk to them through the caucus process. If you remove the caucus process, you no longer have the opportunity to talk to them. It's just about who has the money to get on the ballot. Well, and you mentioned grassroots, and uh, uh, the grassroots in Colorado is um, uh, is really, I think, organizing here because we, we must reclaim this state. And uh, I actually you mentioned the delegate, uh, being a delegate. I was a delegate to the county uh, assembly, and that is where I met Matt Dark with Roots Medical. And uh, Roots Medical has become a great sponsor of the show, uh, but they also care. You mentioned about freedom, and they care about our medical freedom. They're very involved with the Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom as well, and so it's just so important to understand what they're doing. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interests as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. 
Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment environment for all customers. Come to Franktown for a comfortable, no-pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are truly an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And if you want to support us, you can go to my website and there is a contribute. Uh, it's not a donation uh, because uh, I, we did not want to have to jump through all these hoops as, quote unquote, a nonprofit. A nonprofit doesn't mean they don't make money. They just don't pay taxes. Um, but we want to make sure that we do not have our voice constricted because of that. In studio with me is Andy Jones. He is running for a state GOP chair. We had Keelan Thomas on. County. Oh, a county. Excuse me. County. Yes. Uh, 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 Douglas County Correct. GOP chair. And uh, it wasn't a Freudian slip, was it? <laughs> uh, and then Ted Misha, who is explaining this whole process regarding the caucus system, which you said is every two years. Mm-hmm. So the next one will be next year. Next winter. Correct. Okay. What about this whole bonus member thing? Because I know that uh, all the counties will be um, electing their bonus members here beginning February 1st. So t- tell me about that. Yeah. So so the bonus members is, is happening now. And it's important for us all to call uh, the GOP in your county and find out when the election day is and what the requirements are and so forth. I, I believe in most counties that uh, all you need to do is be a registered Republican in the Republican Party and you can run for bonus members. That may be vary from county to county, but I think uh, for most that's the case. So uh, the bonus members are uh, members of the county's executive committee, meaning they're able to uh, vote for pretty much anything that's happening within the county, including bylaw changes and officers and so forth. But they also vote uh, uh, as a central committee member at the state level. So they'll be deciding who the state party officers are. Really, really important. And uh, uh, bonus members, a little bit more difficult to become a bonus member. There usually is some competition in that. And the way that those elections are handled definitely vary from county to county. So you need to ask in detail uh, from each county uh, what it is that they they require in that regard. So in El Paso County, uh, when I was a bonus member a few years back, 
we were given information a few weeks in advance uh, that the bonus member elections were happening and that we could have uh, information, contact information for all the precinct leaders who are electing the bonus members. And then I had the opportunity to call them all on the phone. There's 400, over 400 in El Paso County, so it took a little while to do that. You can meet with them in person if you have time. Uh, in Douglas County, there's fewer. There's roughly th- a little over 300 uh, in Douglas County, so it would take a little bit less time to do that here. But their rules in Douglas County are different as well, and I'm not entirely clear yet what those rules are. So we've got to figure that out. Uh, but really important positions, and anybody can apply. So why not try and make changes inside your, your, your district in order to um, have the best possible candidates? Mm-hmm. And I also recommend with all these positions, interview the candidates face-to-face. Don't just go to a website don't necessarily go to the to the public forums because you're going to get answers that are pretty much the same across the board if you look a person in the eye across the table you can tell a lot more about mm-hmm. that person you can really really can so i highly recommend doing that also recommend getting your churches involved in this process if you have pastors that are willing i was able to spend 2 minutes in, in advance of service and say hey these elections are coming up can i just talk to the to the congregation for 2 minutes and ask them to come to a training and i had them Come, actually had 50 people from my church show up and uh, go through a 15-minute training on what they needed to do in order to go through the caucus process. You can do that with mm-hmm. the bonus member thing okay. as well. And that is a two-year uh, as a bonus member, and every time the state central committee meets, the bonus members are part of that process. Okay. So there's not just one meeting. It's a two-year and commitment, and it's fantastic to be uh-huh. able to have that voice at okay. the state party level. Yeah. So, Andy, do you know how many bonus members um, – Douglas County will be electing? So that's a great question. We actually received, every county received fewer bonus member slots this year. And that's based on some math, you know, in a gubernatorial year and the fact that we had reduced numbers. We actually have fewer bonus members this year. Typically it's around 19 or 20. I want to say, I haven't seen the final numbers, but it's probably 15 or less. Mm -hmm. So each county has fewer bonus members this year to be allocated. So very important. Okay. And when is the Douglas County meeting? It is on February the 7th, 6 p.m. in the evening. It's at the uh, Douglas County Event Center down in Castle Rock. <clears throat> Where they have that drag queen show? Uh, yes, unfortunately. <laughs> and then uh, credentialing, you have to be there at 5 o'clock to start processing in. Okay. To, be, to know that you're a good Republican coming into the So 5 o'clock, meeting. ideally, down at the uh, Douglas County Event Center in Castle Rock. At the fairgrounds, yes. At the fairgrounds on the 7th. Okay. Gentlemen, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Andy, um, a minute to button it up. What, what would you like to say? You know, there, there are visions of, of where our party should go. And exclusivity is not a way to grow our party in Douglas County or in Colorado. We just, we're, since I moved here 22 years ago, our state has changed. Oh, it has. We all look at that and we wonder, when did it happen? When did our children grow up? You know, it's like one of those, it's all of a sudden we are now in the midst of uh, people who are not necessarily seeing things our way. And so I think the, the mature, principled, conservative team of leaders that I am running with and partnering with are ready to take the Douglas County GOP party in a brand new direction and regaining our strength and fighting that fight at the county line wall. Mm -hmm. We are going to stand for freedom, for our principles, and 
we're going to do it and, and I think bring a lot of those unaffiliated voters back to us. Well, Annie Jones, thank you so much for being here. Keelan Thomas, it was great to have her on the line as well. Ted Misha, a um, minute to button this up. Absolutely. So James 4.17 says, Therefore, to him to, who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. We see a lot of evil out there in the world today. And those of us who stand back and watch it happen, same thing happened in Nazi Germany. My, my mother came from Nazi Germany as a young child. I know all the stories of how it happened. It happened because people saw evil and they didn't step up to do something. And we're all scared. We're all scared of what's coming. We're all scared of becoming involved. We don't know how to become involved. Take the first step. Learn what you need to learn to take that first step. Once you've taken that first step, everything in the world changes. You learn so much more and you understand how you can become involved. Well, I'd say a first step is listening to our show, too. Absolutely. We work really hard to inform people. As serious as this is and seeing these fine people that are stepping forward, I, I'm almost a little embarrassed to, well, actually, it's actually true when we look at what's happening in Washington, D.C. Will Rogers said this. He said, America has the best politicians that money can buy. <laughs> so my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for our number two. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. First of all, the student loan bailout. There's something inherently immoral about it. The latest in politics and world affairs. I think education has been hijacked. A number of years has kind of dissed people that work with their hands. Today's current opinions and ideas. Gosh, we should have been teaching kids kindergarten through high school about return on investment. If you're going to take on this debt, what is your ROI? Is it freedom? Or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Kim Munson. Uh, Each of you are treasured and valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, producer Steve. Uh, Yeah, wonderful Wednesday. Can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, the phrase, you were made for this time. Something that was said, what is today, Wednesday? Monday, I guess it was, you, you quoted Ronald Reagan. and Or maybe it was yesterday with uh, Margaret Thatcher. You said that uh, Reagan, Thatcher, and the Pope at the time had this very unique relationship. Yes. Were they made for that time? They were. Okay. Or I believe they were. Okay. Too. Yeah. In studio with me, Ted Misha, you're able to stay for the second hour. Thank you. My pleasure. And uh, I have got a question for you. We'll get to that here in just a moment. I wanted to get to our quote for the day, and that is from uh, Will Rogers. He was an American vaudeville performer, actor, and humorous social commentator. He was born as a citizen of the Cherokee Nation in the Indian Territory and is known as Oklahoma's favorite son, born in 1879, died in a plane crash in 1935. He said this, 
The taxpayers are sending congressmen on expensive trips abroad. It might be worth it, except they keep coming back. (laughs) So a couple of things I want to get to. First of all, the bill of the day. It's unbelievable, Ted Misha, that uh, remember the the whole uh, – the grassroots got very involved regarding the social studies standards. That's right. And we're very active in that. I wonder if this is in reaction to this. And it is Senate Bill 23061. It's being sponsored by Senator Janice Marchman, Democrat, Representatives Kathy Kipp, Democrat, and Megan Lukens, Democrat. And it eliminates the requirement that the Department of Education administer a state assessment in social studies to elementary and secondary students. But yet, 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 yet. Uh, They are teaching uh, the iterations of CRT, which is critical race theory, uh, identifying kids as as groups instead of the beautiful individuals that they are. And uh, kids are learning, not learning to read, write, do arithmetic, but question their sexuality. But I do want to mention how uh, hypocritical this whole thing is because that cage-free chicken bill that we got to get that repealed, (laughs) they actually define a hen as a female. Oh. Oh, don't you find that in? That's oh. in that legislation. Mm-hmm. So with chickens, they can figure it out. So hey, t- Steve sent me a meme. Uh, that's <laughs> What was that, Steve? I think the meme was um, explaining why we are having a, a shortage of eggs and the prices are going up. Do you, do you remember what that is? Hang on. I'll pull it up. I can tell you what here. it is. It's because we have hens that are ident- identifying as roosters. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny. Okay. Um, so anyway, this is terrible that we are going to uh, – when they couldn't when they couldn't push their agenda through the social studies depart- the departments, then they're going to get rid of the assessments. I just can't believe it, Ted. Yeah, it seems like they're less and less on the assessments as time goes on. Yes. And we would like to know that our kids can read and write and do arithmetic. And great teachers can make that happen. Administrators can't. It's great teachers that make that happen. And uh, I also just, I need to mention this, even though we did this in the first hour. If you didn't catch the first hour, we wonder why, how the narrative is being controlled. And clearly we are an independent voice on an independent station. And we work really hard to bring truth and clarity to these issues by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. But one of the other producers had received this, and he sent this over to me. And this is from uh, Melissa Davis with the Colorado Media Project. And it says, announcing more than 350000 in grants to 27 newsrooms, journalists, and entrepreneurs, creating a more just and inclusive local news ecosystem. And this started a couple of years ago. And uh, it says 2023 is the second year of CMP's three-year advancing equity in local news grant program, which in 2022 awarded 277,000 to 19 projects. Since this year's grantees were selected from a competitive pool of 42 applicants requesting about $970,000. And uh, they're dedicated to the fund's three priorities, indicating a broad commitment from Colorado newsrooms to build a more inclusive media system, statewide and at least one more round of funding will be made available for new or continuing work then i want to mention and again these are all 
very left-leaning foundations that have been funding it. It says the Colorado Media Project is a community-informed, multi-funder. Listen to those words, community-informed, multi-funder coalition dedicated to supporting innovations that make the state's local media ecosystem more sustainable, collaborative, inclusive, and accountable to the public it serves. It says the decisions are made by representatives from foundations that have made significant multi-year commitments to the Colorado media ecosystem through CMP, the Colorado Health Foundation, the Colorado Trust, the Bohemian Foundation, Democracy Fund, Gates Family Foundation, and Rose Community Foundation. They've pledged $3.85 million over the next four years to support local communities' civic news and information needs. And Colorado funders interested in joining the CMP funder table, which will include a series of learning opportunities through 2023, should email Melissa Davis. Now, Melissa Davis actually put out this press release, and her uh, email there is melissa at coloradomediaproject.com. But you can also reach her at mdavis at gatesfamilyfoundation.org. So need I, I, think, you need know, I, I say think, anything else? I think what all this means is that, and tell me if I'm wrong, that my tax dollars out of my pocket is going to go to the government, and the government is going to use that money to decide how our local media is doing its business and what it's going to say. Is that what you think? Well, uh, because all of these are quote-unquote nonprofits, so we are paying our taxes. Um, so... I'm not sure. Well, the only way it's probably how that happens is through Colorado Public Radio or or NPR Mm -hmm. because they actually do receive tax dollars. This looks like this is getting nonprofit dollars so they don't pay taxes Uh, and people get tax write offs to uh, to donate to them. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's going to be used. Those that money coming from those organizations is going to be used to influence the way public media Absolutely. Seen. Your local media. It's unbelievable. That's why what we do is so important. That's why these sponsors uh, and partners of mine are so important. Lauren Levy has been a great sponsor of uh, both shows, America's Veteran Stories and the Kim Munson Show. And he's an expert in the mortgage arena. And he works with a lot of different lenders, uh, which uh, is so important because you have choice on things. And so Lauren Levy's on the line. Lauren Levy, welcome. Hey, good morning, Kim. Boy, we're covering a lot today, Lauren. Uh, what's happening on the mortgage front, on interest rates? They've actually been, in the last few days, ticking down a little bit lower. You know, if you recall, maybe, it's been maybe a couple months, rates hit about 7% on their high. They're down to about six and a quarter now. Okay. 6.2. Okay. So we're making progress. We'll see how it goes. Um, we're starting in, the, in an earnings, uh, quarterly earnings period here. Where some of the major tech companies are reporting, like Microsoft last night. So the market's probably going to be down a little bit today, which usually is a signal to help mortgage rates move lower until, of course, the Fed meeting next week. And we'll see. There's anticipation that they may only raise by a quarter point or that they'll at least signal that they're going to only do one or two small raises and then wait and see the effect it has on the economy. All that would be good news for rates. Okay. And, so, Lauren, how often does the Fed meet? They meet eight times a year. Okay. So it's, it's not every month. It's not every other month. It's on a schedule. Like, you know, they call this the January, February one. Then they'll meet in March. Then I think they take April off. And then they meet in May. Um, so it's eight times. Okay. Ted, you had a question or comment? Yeah. With regards to, to interest rates and with regards to um, not, not just interest rates, but with regards to uh, money losing value over time. I know that in Germany, where my mother grew up, uh, that the inflation was horrendous. 
And I'm wondering, as I see it getting worse here in the United States, I'm wondering what signs we need to look out for with regards to hyperinflation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, I've dealt with people like that in the past in both the careers that I do in my financial planning past as well. And there were, it's funny, the people from Germany had, that I had met had really, really been scared. They didn't want to do anything as far as investment wise because they were so handcuffed by that fear of hyperinflation. You know, what we're seeing now, you know, we got up to, I think, 9% or eight, you know, 8 point something. We were now down in the mid-sixes. Um, signals that we see, you know, back in Germany, people had to bring what I would call like a wheelbarrow of money just to get like groceries or a loaf of bread. Obviously, we don't we don't do that anymore. We use credit cards and such. And people are definitely feeling pain. But, you know, we don't have inflation even now as high as it was when I was younger, which I'll call the Reagan years. Uh, you know, where mortgage rates were in the 15% range, 16%, and even then we made it through. Um, he was correcting some policies back then that, that had led to some really high inflation. So I don't think we've come near hyperinflation. I don't know that we're going to with all the work the Fed is doing uh, to combat inflation. And so we made it through that really high period of the 80s. And I think we'll get through this with just some pain, you know. And unfortunately, pain usually means job losses. See, starting to see those now. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm really concerned about is uh, is is uh, the Fed is contracting the the economy, and in doing so, people will um, lose their jobs. And and uh, there's nothing compassionate at all about that, Lauren Levy. No, and I think they know that. You when you listen to most people talk, you know, whether on whatever business channel you might listen to, they talk about that. You know, when you're seeing some of these job losses that it's a necessary evil, but they all recognize about the effects of human lives and families that, that are actually feeling this on a daily basis, you know? Uh, it's tough. It is, it is yeah. tough. But, um, I, I, you know, I'm wondering, Lauren, if all these people that look at it as a necessary evil, how about when they if they lose their job? What is the, the saying is uh, recession is when your neighbor loses their job. Depression is when you lose your job. That's right. And we can turn this around, Lauren, with proper leadership. We can turn this around. We saw it with Reagan. We saw it with Trump. And so we can turn this around. Um, but the fact that interest rates have come down, we've mentioned this. If you find a house, there are houses on the market. Talk to Karen Levine about that. If you find a house you like, talk to you, Lauren, about a way to get a mortgage to uh, to marry the house and date the mortgage. That's right, because we're already seeing that now. People that are that were buying homes at the high six percent range or even at seven, here we are now at six and a quarter. And you know, if you have a five hundred thousand dollars mortgage, you could refi that down and save a couple two three hundred dollars a month already. And it's only been a few months. <laughs> and so you can help people do that, Lauren Levy, right? Absolutely. Okay, and what's the best way for people to reach you? The best way is to give us a call at 303-880-8881. Lauren Levy, uh, greatly appreciate you. You are a wonderful sponsor, and thank you for all you do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Speak to you soon. And these, uh, I have these great sponsors, and uh, all of you who support us greatly appreciate that. And all of these sponsors and partners that I have, I know them personally. And the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team will create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan Team at 303 303- for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. 
So, I just got the State Farm Personal Price Plan on my car insurance. So you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog? What? No, I didn't get that personal. My agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, Buster! Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Home ownership, a place to call your own, has created wealth for Coloradans throughout the years. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance understands the importance of home ownership. Karen Levine works tirelessly at the local, county, state, and national levels to protect your property rights. With nearly 30 years' experience as a Colorado realtor, Karen Levine will help you navigate the metro real estate market, whether you're buying your home, selling your home, considering a new build, or exploring investment properties. Call Karen at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate needs. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Somebody that lives life in the fast lane is Trent Luce, right out there in rural America. Trent Luce, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. I wasn't so fast last night driving to Bismarck. The last hour was a little slow thanks to the weather. Great to be here. Great to have. Well, yesterday when I talked to you, you said it was a beautiful sunny day, but the last hour was tough, huh? The last 50 miles was a ground blizzard in North Dakota. Oh. They've got plenty of snow on the ground, and then it starts blowing. And yeah, it, I know what that's it like. It up on you, but hey, I'm here. It's it, all good. Great, great to have you. And Trent, you and I have been watching and talking, and you and we realize Colorado is in trouble, and um, and it's because of, of public policy. And I talked about this. Um, concern about rural Colorado, rural America, which is where our food is produced, uh, our energy, our affordable, reliable, efficient, and abundant energy in the form of uh, fossil fuels is is um, is uh, explored, developed, and exp- explored there. And we realized that maybe people didn't connect the dot, that these two things are so important for our food security and our energy security. And Trent, just so you know, Ted Misha, who was our featured guest in the first hour, when he uh, realized it was you as our featured guest in the second hour, he's in studio as well. Good morning, Trent. No, I did. Okay. So food security, energy security, that is so important. And I'm concerned about that, Trent, particularly here in Colorado. It's a global situation, but in Colorado, it doesn't. That makes no sense whatsoever. And I say it's global because, you know, Kim, you and I have been talking extensively about the egg situation, which is kind of like the creme de la creme right now of bad policy causing the consumer, the everyday working family, the ability to buy affordable food to feed their family. And we cannot argue how essential the proteins are that come from eggs and, and everything that from a nutritional profile that come from eggs. And I have an example from California on how bad policy has tripled egg prices in 2015 from 2008 in California. But last night, Kim, accidentally, for another reason, 
I talked to a friend of mine, Trent Thorne, in Brisbane, Australia, and it reminded me, and in fact, I was digging this morning early trying to find the pictures I had taken of a carton of eggs in a Coles supermarket in Australia. It would have been on my trip in 2015 to speak to the Lamb X event, the sheep growers of Australia. $4.50 per carton for eggs. And automatic, I set that up on purpose, Kim, because you did the math, and you're like, well, $4.50 a dozen, that's high, but that's no big deal. That was for six eggs. Oh. And Australia was charging $9 a dozen. And the, the most interesting thing about this entire scenario is that, I know I'm not sure you're supposed to do this, but I'm, like, digging for facts, right? I opened up the carton, and there was a little note inside of that carton of eggs at $6.00 or six eggs, half a dozen for $4.50, which is $9 a dozen in 2015, it made an excuse on why the eggs were costing more because we go to great lengths to provide the health and well-being that these chickens need. And so we realize that these eggs are more expensive, but that's what you're paying for. That's not at all the truth. The truth is that somebody sitting in a cubicle designed some animal welfare guideline that had nothing to do with what the chicken actually was needing or experiencing or why we call chickens a flock because they come together they flock together in, in tight spaces they're not people they're chickens they're laying eggs and in california in 2008 i was out there 14 times because proposition two which is very similar to what colorado is now dealing with not with the ballot initiative but with legislation we tried to tell the California voters in 2008, if you pass Prop 2, eggs are going to triple in price. When it came into law in January of 2015, there were newspaper articles all around the state of California saying, why didn't they tell us that if we passed Prop 2 in 2008 that it would increase our egg, our egg cost by threefold? We did tell you. Well, now that people are seeing the ramifications of this, Trent, as you know, I had written an essay regarding Colorado's scrambled egg policy. And we need Go ahead. egg policy. We need policymakers to get out of the food production business. That's the moral of the story. Absolutely. And, and, um, and so I had a friend of mine that went to a town hall of a um, of a Democrat here in Colorado, and she raised her hand. It was primarily very, very left-leaning people at this particular town hall. Uh, but she raised her hand and said, what about this uh, terrible policy on eggs and the cage-free chickens? And it's uh, tripled, um, well, the prices are up uh, 133%. And they said, oh, no, 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 it's not because of this policy. It's because of the avian flu. So what would you say to that response, Trent? Mm-hmm. Well, twofold. There is a direct impact of egg prices globally, because I talk to my friend Andrew Henderson in the UK every morning, from avian influenza. And we have euthanized 38 million laying hens in calendar year 2022 all across this country. And we did that in a way that was not best for science, not best for controlling the disease. We did it in a way of reducing the number of eggs that are on the market. If there was one chicken test positive for avian influenza, they destroyed the entire flock. They didn't isolate the sick chickens. They didn't try to find a way. And, and just as a reminder, there is zero risk of avian influenza coming through the product of chicken or an egg. So 38 million of the 51 million euthanized were laying hens 
obviously that plays a role in what's going on with that. But Kim, I got bad news. The bad news is avian influenza has caused the price of eggs to come up. Colorado put in place this law starting January 1, except they've acknowledged they're not going to enforce it in the calendar year 2020. I said 2021. I don't know why. 2023. They're not going to enforce it until January of 2024. They're going to give everybody a year grace period. You know what that means? That means we haven't even seen the spike in price from what's going to happen with this ridiculous law that's going into effect that's going to start being enforced in 2024. So if we still have the the nonsense of USDA slaughtering chickens for no reason based upon avian influenza, plus you have the side effect of telling the farmer how they're going to take care of the chickens, you may not be able to afford eggs in 2024 in Colorado. So, okay, just to clarify, though, because I'd written this piece that uh, this egg policy was contributing factor to the increase in eggs. So would you say that that is the case in anticipation of this, or would you say it's because of the slaughtering yes, of the... There's an, yep. It's twofold. There is a, a cost anticipation, because nobody knew they were going to say, we're not going to enforce it. So there is an anticipated cost. But anytime you increase the cost of production, you do one of two things. You put that production out of business or you as a consumer pay more for it. So I'm not disagreeing with what you have written is incorrect. It's just that we haven't seen the full effect yet. It's going to go higher. Okay. Ted, you had a question for Trent. Yeah, so it seems to me 31 million chickens is not that many. It, it seems to me we'd eat that many chickens in a single day with 330 million people in our country. So, you know, and re- re- mass-producing chickens, every chicken lays an egg every day. Uh, and if you're fertilizing those eggs, just think how quickly you could recover 31 million chickens. Is that is that accurate? Mm. It's a 38 million, but you're, it doesn't matter. That's tomato, tomato. Okay. Uh, we are fortunate that chickens and their reproduction cycle is unlike any other food item and the chicken can reproduce and go forward but we're not seeing the healing take place yet because most of those 38 million were actually euthanized last spring april may and it's just created a stymie in the whole production system but when you have producers that are already dealing with this ill-guided policy of the USDA, and now in Colorado the producers have to also deal with the cage-free uh, law and parameters, it just compounds the problem. Wow. So, Trent, uh, I want to continue this conversation. And this whole egg thing is, its in a way, it's a gift because it is something that people are paying attention to. And it's something that we can explain how this bad public policy is affecting people. And so it's so important that people uh, understand this. And uh, so I, I, I just want to mention that it is important that we we have knowledge, that we understand things, that we understand these different issues. And a great place to do that is IPAC-EDU. My friend, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, has created this educational system for the intellectually curious, and uh, they are actually uh, registering for the spring classes now. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive 
and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org, ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact 3PointsFinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice on an independent station bringing truth and clarity uh, to the issues by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And that's what we saw with this House Bill 201343, the cage-free chicken uh, bill, uh, taking away the choice of people. In studio with me is Ted Misha. He stayed over from uh, our number one. And do appreciate your uh, explanation regarding the caucus process here in Colorado, the, the bonus member, the upcoming meetings. Thank you for that clarification. My pleasure. And on the line with me is Trent Luce. Trent Luce, you sound like you're on fire this morning. You got to stay on fire when you're in North Dakota. It's a little chilly. Otherwise, you get cold. <laughs> well done. Well done. So, Trent Luce, we're talking about this cage free chicken bill here in Colorado. And uh, I don't know if you were on the line. I did uh, mention that, first of all, Trent, you're not going to believe this. There is a Senate bill here in Colorado, it's Senate Bill 23061. And it's being sponsored by Democrats. And it's going to eliminate the requirement that the Department of Education administer a state assessment in social studies to elementary and secondary students. Can you believe that? You know what? I uh, spent some time last night with the state senator in North Dakota and what's going on in the state legislature here in North Dakota. I keep track of what's happening in Nebraska. I try to keep track of Colorado. You pretty much can't tell me anything I don't believe anymore, Kim. I'm just saying it, it, it's wild and wacky out there. You thought the Wild West was over? We're there now. Oh, it is. Colorado is in trouble. Hey, but, but, but before we go on, i got to clarify something, and I, I want Ted to weigh in on this. 
Ted, by the fact that she says that I sound like I'm on fire today, does that mean that every other day that I've been here, I sound like I was just, you know, lazy coming or <laughs> No comment. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. And Trent's going to stay on during call-in time as well, 303-477-5600 for that last segment. A um, couple of things. Uh, first on, I find this interesting, if we care about chickens, uh, the chicken producer, the chicken farmer, really knows their animals. And and first of all, I think that there will start to be a black market in eggs. People will go across state lines, buy eggs, and either they'll get them for their friends and family or they'll sell them. But this is from the Denver Post, Trent. And it, it starts like this. It says, red velvet ropes and a bouncer held back the line of Coloradans eager to enter the hen house and get their hands on some chicks Friday morning. It was a peep show of a different variety at Northern Colorado Feeder Supply. The family-owned feed store in Fort Collins was chock full of mealworms, horse treats, farm supplies, and a brood of cats and dogs that, the, uh, that call the store home. But the line forming at 10.30 a.m. was for the cordoned-off room in the back that houses shipments of chicks for sale. So people are buying chickens that, be in response to this uh, terrible egg policy here in Colorado, but many of them will not know how to take care of chickens, which that uh, that could possibly be very uncompassionate because those that are supporting this uh, cage-free chicken bill say that they want to be compassionate to chickens. Your thoughts, Trent? It has nothing to do with being compassionate to chickens. It has everything to do with the eliminating the the food that builds our immune system that gives us the health to go forward and but uh, you know the positive thing and I, I love how you put that into context it's a great thing i have no qualms with people showing up and buying chickens and having a backyard flock to provide their own food supply that's the positive outcome of this whole scenario and hopefully through it all we can use the the egg situation that we're currently in and people flocking to the store or flocking to another state pun intended, flocking out. Love that. Let me draw in a picture. (laughs) Flocking to all of these places to find their food supply. Look, this just happens to be the topic of the day, the chicken laying an egg. There's no no reason, and it's already been, that the, the pig, the cow, every other single, the turkey, the lamb. Colorado is one of the premier states for lamb production and lamb harvesting. We All of them are going to be targeted. And if we don't use this chicken situation as a way, as a wake-up call to say, hey, wait a minute, they're, they're, they're trying to regulate. We had a guy who was one hanging chat away from being president who openly said, we as a nation would be better off importing our food than just producing it here. And what's happening in California right now? We're seeing an importation of eggs coming from Mexico like they've never seen before because California, this is a two-test point, to California, where they consume 30 million eggs a day, and they're not producing them. So they're bringing them from Mexico. Who thinks that's a good idea? Uh, are they coming illegally across the border? <laughs> no, they're coming legally. Uh-huh. I was just Everything's legal to come from Mexico now, Kim. You know that. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to move over to serious uh, on this. I mean, this is very serious, but I I felt that there was some humor in this this article regarding people flocking, as you say, to buy these chickens. I, I met with a young woman last week, and she shared her story with me. 
that uh, she grew up through circumstances in her family. Her mother was a single mother with four little kids, and she took part of many of these different programs, government programs, to make sure that she could keep her kids fed. And one of the very nutritional uh, staples of their diet was eggs. And so think about it, mom, four kids, eggs. And so my friend was at the grocery store, and she took a picture where where the eggs were being sold. It says, limit two. And she took a picture of it, and she said, this is hunger. This promotes hunger. So her mom go to the store, you know, and it, it's not easy for a mom, a single mom, four kids to get to the store to go every day to buy eggs. So she's limited, and she said that this equates to hunger. That kind of stopped me in my tra- uh, tracks, Trent, because when government gets involved, the uh, quality goes down, the supply becomes limited, and the price goes up, and we're seeing that with this egg issue. So I'm going to get you a friend to talk to, Kim, and her name is Diane Sullivan. Diane is from Boston. Diane, at one point in time, was living on a park bench. She raised uh, kids herself. She uh, can tell you when she had to decide whether they were going to buy a loaf of bread or a dozen eggs and split the money. She's been there, done that. Massachusetts is another one of the states, question three, was very similar to Proposition 2 that I talked about in California, similar to what we're talking about with the egg law in Colorado. And Diane Sullivan will walk you through how she had to make choices, and eggs were always her primary source because when you look at the unit of protein and the quality of food, eggs were it. And Diane will echo the sentiments that you just explained from this young lady. And uh, you did, I think you would really enjoy visiting with her, and it will put a real-world been because this lady comes from she's very uh, opposite of me she's a very liberal in her overall mind process and we have come together on this issue like no other because she recognized that government and animal rights organizations had no place in dictating how farmers take care of chickens because at the end of the day it's going to cost the consumer more money unnecessarily I don't well, know how many different ways to put that but she explains it with firsthand experience better than anybody uh, great. I would love to get connected with her. And some of my friends, I'm on a text thread where they sent over a picture of bugs and said that uh, from World Economic Forum, these elites, that that there's a movement to try to use bug dust in um, making beer, baking things. Um, t- just quickly t- address that, Trent. Uh, it looks like one of the most unappetizing things I've ever seen. Absolutely, and they're already doing it. There are many products that have cricket flour. I can take you. I can give you a phone call to a lady in Iowa that's raising crickets and selling crickets into the food market now. And it's one one hundred percent again about controlling your life, just like the egg scenario. And there's no way that insects can provide the uh, dense energy that we can get from eggs and meat. Correct. 
Absolutely right. And there's another aspect of this that continually gets left out of the equation. The, the food animals that produce milk, meat, and eggs contribute massively to planet health. Despite the nonsense that is being shared with us, chickens and pigs, they consume products that cannot be consumed by humans anymore. Cattle consume grass. I don't do so good uh, grazing on black sage or whatever your grass or forage is. Animals find a way to improve planet health and improve human health at the same time. I can't put crickets in that same category. Kim, you know, it's interesting. With all of these new bills that are coming out with regards to food and with regards to energy and so forth, the Democrat leadership, the progressive leadership, are always talking about how they're in favor of the, the poor. These things impact the poor far more than they the do. rich. These are these are really hurting people and their families and their children. And this is progressivism. This is the progress that they want. And it's an important point. Uh, my friend that was at this uh, town hall Basically, it, they said that they they cared more about chickens than they did people, Trent. I actually told you that I'm in North Dakota. And, Kim, I, in 2012, was asked to testify in North Dakota about a proposed bill that would put more criminal teeth in abusing your dog or your food animal than your kid. That is a mistake and why we need to get it fixed. Well, and uh, in a way, I think this uh, egg bill uh, that is now, as you mentioned, egg law. Can you believe we have a law in, in, in America about eggs? But this is something that people can understand. And I had a, a great listener. He's a deep thinker. He said, I think that we should uh, you know, possibly run an initiative to get rid of this, but maybe something more to, to limit government. And I know exactly what he means on that, but... People don't quite understand that connecting this dot from public policy to our food table and this egg thing, in a way, is a gift, and we need to just uh, we need to stay on it, Trent. I have a quick recipe for that, Kim. I know we have time to share. I propose we have a law that elected officials creating laws can only meet once every five years, whether it's at the U.S. House, the Senate, nice. or Colorado Legislature. That would solve most of our problems. That would solve a lot of our problems for sure. And we do this show because we want to shed light on what is happening. We're seeing a, a kind of tyranny uh, that is uh, the, the veil is coming off on it. And I think that's the, pos- uh, the very positive thing about that. When we had Josh Phillip on yesterday from the Epic Times, he said the narrative is coming off regarding all these people that want to control this. So we have to stay on that. But standing against ty- uh, tyranny has been something that's inherent in the American idea. And from our very first Continental Soldiers to uh, those that are serving now in the military, uh, we, we need to thank them. And one way to do that is to support the USMC Memorial Foundation uh, remodel. Paula Sarles and her team, and she is the president of USMC Memorial Foundation, are working diligently to raise the money for this remodel. You can help them by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. Uh, and uh, it, uh, I know that they would greatly appreciate it. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. 
Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment Environment for all customers. Come to Franktown for a comfortable, no pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's kimmunson.com. And uh, sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us and all these great partners that I get to work with. Uh, Ted Misha has stayed in studio. This is fascinating, isn't it? It all is. Absolutely. And uh, Trent Luce is, is uh, on the line. He's a sixth-generation farmer and rancher. And uh, we're talking about our food security and our energy security. He stayed on to take calls. First one up is Johnny in Denver. Johnny, what's on your radar? Oh, man. I have an idea. Can you hear me? We got gotcha. you. Okay. I have an idea. St. Patrick's Day is coming up, and this, we have the biggest one here in Colorado. Kim, I just said uh, we can finance you having a float saying uh, cage uh, chicken freedom. And <laughs> I, I, I just get the word out. I think that's a great idea. I'm concerned I might have some eggs thrown at me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Johnny, thank All you right. so much. Um, we'll think about that. Uh, next thing, Trent, Gary and Loveland, um, just he wanted to ask this question. He said, have you heard anything about uh, um, new vaccine for cattle? Uh, and I've heard possibly the mRNA uh, vaccine that might be getting into our food source. Your comments on that, Trent? Well, that's been my main topic for the last three days, Kim. So I appreciate that call. I think that was Gary from yes. Loveland. Yes. Um, so this is a long story, and I don't know how much time we have. When I, I look into my clock, I see that, and I've talked about nothing for the last 35 seconds. <laughs> We have had mRNA vaccines used in the pork industry for the past 10 years. That's not something new. 
the way, let's just walk through a quick vaccine history lesson, and then I'll tell you why I don't have an elevated concern about mRNA vaccine in livestock. The way that vaccines have been made from the beginning of time of making vaccines is you identify the virus, you take the virus to a lab, you culture the virus, you build a vaccine to introduce that animal to the, the immune system of that, that animal to the virus so the animal immune system develops some resistance so that when it, if in fact it ever experiences the, the virus itself, it's had some natural immunity which has occurred. That's the concept behind a vaccine. The mRNA vaccine technology is very simply it's no gene modification, no gene editing. Instead of taking the live virus, they take the genetic sequence because everything now has been genetically sequenced. They take the, the DNA code. They use that instead of the live virus to build a vaccine. So there's really no reason to be alarmed about an mRNA vaccine for livestock unless they modify what's in the vaccine to cause a problem. That could be happening. Well, I, I'll just tell you point blank. We, I think we all know that that happened in the COVID-19 vaccine, but it wasn't the mRNA, mRNA technology that caused that to happen. It was what they put in the vaccine after they identified the genomic sequence. I had a friend of mine from Nebraska in my home county said, Trent, they are mandating that every cattleman in Australia use these mRNA vaccines on cattle today and it's causing problems. Well, Kim, I've spoken on four continents. I've spoken five times in Australia. I contacted Trent Thorne last night, directly an outright lie about what's happening in Australia where people don't think that we can research it. They are not using mRNA vaccines of any kind in Australia. And that's a Trent on the Loose segment that we'll air tomorrow. So I think that the better discussion is not to be creating fear and alarm about mRNA vaccines. The best discussion is how can we build immunity in the human body, in our livestock, to generate a healthier animal. That to me, and I, I have not used a vaccine on my animals since October 18, 2021. I stopped, period, because of what was going on. And I got to tell you, my animals are as healthy as they're healthier than they've ever been, actually, because I'm working at developing this natural immunity. That should be the discussion, not the dangers of mRNA vaccine, because I'll tell you why. And I'll, see, I'll tell you what I see is happening with this and why people are getting this message all of a sudden in two weeks. Who are the people? that refused to take the COVID jab because of what we knew about the mRNA vaccine, which may or may not have been true, but how they manipulated the vaccine. Those people, those people are all meat eaters. Right. I mean, I, I, would, I would beg you to find me a vegan who didn't get every jab known to the, a man under, sun, under the sun. So what they're doing is they're trying to create fear and pandemonium to deter meat eaters from eating milk, meat, and eggs because they're trying to make you believe that there's a danger of you getting the jab through your food item. It oh my is 100% a mind game that I think is playing out right now in front of us. Wow. Okay, Trent. We'll let that there. We've got uh, Eric and Stapleton and then try to get to Ann in Denver as well. Eric and Stapleton, what's on your radar? Kim. Trent Lott, if we... Trent Luce. The Republican... <laughs> Trent Luce. Hi, good morning. If we propose... I've been to Mississippi, the but I never lived there. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my proposal. Hands off of our farmer's bill. 
if we the Republican people put that bill out there, then the people will all know that the Democrats are behind the tyranny if Polis doesn't let that bill come through the Capitol or however you guys do it in upper, you know, office. We need to go on the offense now. And then all the people, all the Democrats will know that Polis and his people are the ones that are putting these high prices on our, you know, our, our eggs and gas and everything. We need to put it out there to where it, it, it will be no choice for, uh, uh, oh, my God, the uh, Channel 9 guy. I can't even think of his name, his name Kim. I know the, who you're, I know who you're, you're, yeah. you're talking about. I, they call this yeah. coat boy. Um, so, oh, my God. Er- Eric, um, Eric is always thinking outside the box, and I get very thoughtful texts from him. What's your thoughts about that, Trent Luce, a piece of legislation? Get your hands uh, off our farmers. Well, I, I like the idea. I rarely think that legislation is a solution to anything. And the only thing I, I want to caution Eric, and even I was going to jump on Ted about this earlier, it's not just the Democrats are the problem. We have people who consider themselves Republicans who are also part of the problem. It is people who just want to control instead of people who want to empower. Agreed. Yeah, I, I've seen that, too, uh, that there's Republicans that just they want to control your life. They just they want to do it differently than um, than Dem- Democrats. So let's get to Ann in Denver. And we've got just a, a couple of minutes. What's on your radar? Okay, I want to ask your listeners to please get a paper and pencil, okay? We have an opportunity to email the three Colorado Republican National um, Delegates, and we have to do this before Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. The first email address is R as in Randy, B as in boy, C as in Corporan, but it's RBC for Colorado, spell out Colorado, and four, spell it out too, at Gmail, okay? And then O-R-T-E-G-A-N, Vera, V-E-R-A, at gmail.com, and Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I, at cologop.org and ask for them to vote for Mike Lindell because he's the only one that can turn this country around with being the leader of the RNC, having actual um, lawful elections because we are controlled by algorithms and we don't even have certifiable elections. We just They just certify them. But these people are put in by by software algorithms, okay? So I don't know if you want me to give those email addresses again. One was rbc4colorado at gmail.com and o-r-t-e-g-a-n-z-e-r-a for vera at gmail.com and christy at cologop.org. Thank you. Thank you, Anne, so much. And uh, you do an amazing amount of research, so thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, and we're just about out of time. Ted Misha, thank you for staying in studio. Boy, this is uh, really important information. My pleasure. And Trent Luce, I'm so excited. You and I have talked about it, and you're going to be on every week because we need to continue to shed light on these things that are happening in Colorado. Colorado is in trouble. Colorado is at the tip of the spear. That's why we need to fight to reclaim Colorado. And Trent Luce, your final thought. Sunny side up. Eat an egg a day. It'll help make you healthier every way. Well, I love that. And uh, let's go to work to see if we can find out a way to get this uh, egg bill, cage-free egg bill, um, 
repealed. I, wouldn't that be great if we can make that happen? We are going to make it happen. We, uh, yes, from your lips to God's ears, we're going to work on that. So, Trent Luce, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Ted. Thank you, sir. And uh, I will just mention, uh, I, I mentioned it uh, yesterday, I have taken on a new volunteer job as the president of the Colorado Union of Taxpayers. And as Maggie Thatcher said, uh, you cannot have political freedom unless you have economic freedom. And we are going to fight for the economic freedom for uh, everyday Coloradans. I take the mantle from Marty Nielsen. She has uh, worked there, been the president for years and done an amazing amount of work. And it's a big thing, but it's right down our bailiwick here, uh, Ted Misha. Absolutely. So, uh, Will Rogers, our quote for the day is, he says, America has the best politicians that money can buy. So, my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice in the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. America.